0: previously on hound radio's arch campbell podcast the television is where we have a you know we used to have like a doily that grandma made and a picture (laughs) of the family right it's much more like a member of our family so when somebody is insulting a movie that we watched on television it's like insulting your grandparents The
1: arch campbell podcast featuring arch lou Katz, and a cast of thousands begins now (laughs)
2: Hi, everybody. I'm Arch Campbell, and here we are for our show after the Oscars, all the way in Los Angeles, where he covers entertainment for a variety of publications, including Observer.com. And where he teaches film at Emerson College. Of
0: course, we're talking about Oliver Jones.
2: And Jason Fraley joining us from Frederick Maryland, the entertainer guru of WTOP and uh, Channel 4 News, I'm not at too. And yeah, we're all that here. was a
1: one-time thing, probably. We'll uh, <laughs> see
2: how that that can those deals can work out. Lou Katz is in the control room, and so here we go. Uh, This group, we got together last week, and we predicted the Oscars, and one of the things that was said last week was, we thought this would be Will Smith's night, so was it, and let me start with Oliver Jones in L.A., because you have a connection.
0: Well, yeah, the reason that I don't live in Washington, D.C. and live out here in Los Angeles has largely to do with uh, Will Smith, who, um, when I was... uh, reporter at us weekly by some weird circumstances that i've never quite been able to figure out i wrote a really good cover letter and got hired to follow by him to follow him around while he was um, training to uh, embody muhammad ali for the movie ali and um so i was his little buddy for about three months i was with him all the time uh and uh, i i can say you know it's been, a, it's been a while since i've seen will but uh it was out of character to see him do that. And uh, although it was not out of character for him to be um, very protective and uh, defensive of his wife, uh, they were very protective and defensive of each other. That was the the nature of their relationship.
2: So, Jason, was that Will Smith's? I mean, we're all we're talking about Will Smith. He's the only thing we're talking about since the Oscars. Was that his night?
1: Yeah, but yeah, definitely. But not in a good way. It it overshadowed. I mean, sadly, what we should be, we could have been the the four of us could have been on here talking about him, you know, him joining um Sidney Poitier, Denzel Washington, Jamie Foxx and Forrest Whitaker as just the fifth uh, black male actor to win that that statue, you know, that that elite company. And instead, hardly anyone's talking about King Richard. Everyone's talking about this moment, which was. I mean, I mean, I thought. I mean, it was completely uncalled for. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, we. I guess there's criticism to go around. I mean, Chris Rock, if he knew about the alopecia, you know, balding uh, condition, then then that was a, a bit of a, a low blow there. Uh, but man, you can't come up on stage and just and just slap the presenter or the or the co- comedian who's telling jokes. I mean, that it was it. I, I couldn't believe it. As like, I think, Arch, I think we texted each other. We were like, was was right. that real? What? Because the the when when he swung. It, it, it didn't look like it connected. It looked like, you know, like a, a oh, yeah. wrestling WWF punch where they kind of come close and it almost sounded like a sound effect.
0: Oh, wow.
1: Wow. It didn't seem real. And then, the, and then it didn't help that the audience was laughing and everyone, everyone in the auditorium seemed to think it was a joke at first too, until you cut to Will Smith twice saying, Keep
0: my wife's name
1: I'm going to, okay? Chris Rock's reaction, I mean, I don't think there's any doubt that that it was real based on Rock's surprise. And
2: almost immediately, Lou texted me the actual sound from the Japanese broadcast. Right. And almost immediately uh, the, the audio got out and uh people uh, thanks to the internet knew that that wasn't staged. That was he was really he was mad.
1: Oh, he was furious. And I think there's a I mean, you, Oliver, might, maybe you know better in L.A., but I believe there was a bit of there was a bit of a backstory or, or some, you know, beef between the two rights D- dating back. I think Chris Rock made some jokes at their their expense back with when. Will wasn't nominated for concussion back at you know in 2016. Yeah. I was yeah. out there covering it that year actually, and I remember hearing some. It, it was the it was the year that Oscars so white that hashtag really took off, and and mm-hmm. a lot of um African American actors were were boycotting the ceremony, and um. And uh I think Chris Rock, and so I think the the Smiths boycotted it and and uh Chris Rock made some sort of joke where he was like, Well, you weren't even invited. You weren't good enough to even be here. So it was something right. like that. But do you remember, Oliver, what it was? There's a lot of people who've been offended by Chris Rock
0: jokes in the you know, in the long legacy of Hollywood, right? I mean, uh and um never mind Ricky Gervais, right? right. I mean, uh, but I think that um this was an important moment in the respect that uh, a lot of us that were shocked and offended by it have an opportunity to listen to other perspectives uh, and uh, have a have a chance to listen to perspectives that are not our own and uh, can understand the the seriousness of this issue. And I think we also can acknowledge that there have been moments in pop culture uh, where um, uh, jokes have been uh, kinds of aggression. You know, I, I think recently we've had. Um, The trans jokes, you know, um, made uh, by Dave Chappelle, you know, when I was growing up, Eddie Murphy's Delirious really, you know, made uh, homophobia commonplace among my uh, age group, you know, so I think that, that these jokes can make impacts, but in those cases, those were people who didn't necessarily have platforms. And no one has a larger platform than Will Smith, and he's earned his platform, right? Well, We've well what are you
2: hearing out in LA? What is, what is the response out there?
0: Well, I think the, the, the real thing that people have been talking about is, the slap was one thing, the speech is what really made it rough. Uh, it was the speech that really ended up triggering people uh, because um, uh, it felt uh, the worst kind of excuse making. Um, for, you know, for, for, and while, you know, Will Smith has since apologized to Chris Rock, you know, in a statement, uh, he didn't really apologize for that speech. And as much as people might have felt like a voice for, um, for black women, uh, what was, was sounded, uh, that, that evening, uh, was an important voice. I think that speech and the condescending nature of, of equating protectiveness and violence, uh, was not, um, has not, hasn't really been addressed. And I think that
2: some women are pushing back against that saying that he, he took, you know, all the spotlights on him. And, you know, we never heard from Jada and, uh, and that this kind of, of chivalry is outdated. I got this question. Here's what I want to know long-term, you know, because we're still reacting and the academy will do something and maybe they'll tell him he can't come back next year or he'll be suspended for a couple of years but what is the long-term effect on will smith's career what do we think
1: well that's the that's the interesting question um Mm -hmm. because yeah i mean i know the academy was was meeting uh they they assembled this emergency meeting i I don't i don't think i don't think you can take away his oscar because no, you know no. that opens a whole can of worms of okay then are we going to go back in and you know mm-hmm. throw other people out of baseball for doing you know etc um but but yeah um the legacy i mean i was talking with with uh, the local newspaper editor uh, down the street that yesterday about this and about you know where where does this go in the obituary of will smith is it the first mm-hmm. graph is it the second graph i don't know i think his contributions to not only, you know, rap music, how we got to start, TV with Fresh Prince, the movies, Independence Day, Men in Black, um, all this stuff. I think there's they're still the lead uh, of the obit when it's all said and done. But, but I think this is going to be up there. I don't think he's ever going to be able to. Uh, it kind of taints the, the big Oscar. We were all rooting for, for him to win uh, for how many years now and now? And sadly, it's all kind of tied to this, which to Oliver's point, I thought the speech, we're all talking about the slap. But the the speech I thought was the most intriguing speech part. Was
2: like, pain. Now I'm going to say something terrible, but when the speech happened, I began to think of Cosby.
1: Oh wow! Hmm. Yeah, it was the tears well, down his face. It was like a, there was like ex, like Oliver said, excuse making of you know, well, this was like my King Richard role because you know you you protect your family and that that just rubbed the wrong way. But but at the same time, there was really. It was must watch stuff because there was some really interesting stuff about Denzel pulling him aside, like you know, like mm-hmm. a father figure, uncle type saying, you know, hey, you know, be careful when you're at your highest. That's when the devil's gonna come for you. But and he had Anthony Hopkins trying to tamp it down afterward. It was bizarre. It, I mean, it was it's bizarre. um
0: it's must it's it's must watch in the same way that um you know, a truck crash on the beltway is right. must right. watch. Yeah. I mean, it was right. must rubberneck, you know. Um the show itself, uh, above and beyond uh, uh, that incident, I-, I have to say it was it was an abomination. Uh, it was a because,
2: terrible show.
0: Yeah, I mean we have to we have to look at this on a on a higher level, right? I mean this is one mm-hmm. day in a year where we recognize that movies are made by people, that they're made by craftspeople who have careers, who do jobs, and here was this telecast that was trying to turn movies into just another product and just another thing to be streamed like white man can't jump like the godfather you know like all of those ridiculous fan favorite movies that they you know that it was it was a movie it was a show where they robbed uh the moment away from the people who made movies and gave that moment to the product of the movies themselves and that doesn't you know that's just deeply insulting to people who make and who love movies, but it's also a financial decision, right? It's it, it, the, the less attention that goes on those crafts people, the less money they have to be paid, the less, the less they have to be recognized. So I think it was, it was not just bad television. I think it was diabolical.
1: Yeah. The um oh. you, to, o, o, Oliver, you mentioned the, <laughs> yes. you mentioned the eight, the eight categories, the crafts categories that were moved yeah. to the pre telecast that was the most, um, irritating anticlimatic way to, you know, you're just sitting there, you know, TV coverage on, on the left of me is is showing, you know, there's, there's the red carpet stuff where all the, you know, the big name celebrities are, but then they're just slowly on Twitter here on my computer on the right. They're just basically almost feels like leaking the winners of all these. Oh, Oh, now we, now we're finding out who the, the, that, that, um, who was it Hans Zimmer is going to win best or, you know uh, score and he's he's didn't even bother to show up and why would he because he, he, it's so disrespected and so that was just the most bizarre way to to roll them out so disrespectful and I will say I will say that I I'm I I was a little pleasantly surprised at at least they let them show some a little of the speech I was worried it was going to be a montage you know a montage package real quick of them all at least at least they kind of showed it individually, but you know, it's, it's hard to find a silver lining in, in something that I'm so philosophically opposed. I
2: think I would have been okay with it if they had kept that broadcast to three hours and instead it was three hours and 40 minutes of, of fat, uh, and corporate. I got such a corporate vibe, ABC all over the place. And did you, you remember, um, after uh troy uh Katsura won his award they went to a commercial and it was the star of Lightyear uh, light year saying uh, congratulations troy right. and now here you know it just like it made me want to puke
1: yeah. yeah and all of the twi- all of the twitter <laughs> the fan the fan poll the here are, here are the greatest oh, movie moments yeah. of all time and they're all Christ. from the last like five years except for the matrix but even that was 99 so
2: so I hear something I heard from a friend whose wife is a producer. She says after that night, uh, Will Smith will be considered volatile, and that may affect his career. What do you think, Olive?
0: Well, I certainly wouldn't want to ask him a tough question. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I, right? Uh, you know, he um, and 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 let's face it. I mean, we our society is filled with powerful men making idiotic decisions and facing mm. no consequence for it. Right. Right. And hopefully one evening we can just escape that fact, but instead, you know, it was pressed into our face. You, uh, Arch, you were reminded of, of Cosby. I was thinking about Weinstein and just the normalization uh-huh. of bad mm-hmm. behavior among powerful men and how we just accept it, you know, and, and smile and move forward, you know, and that's, that's not who Will Smith is. Right. You know, so, so for us to, to lump him in that category in our brain, you know, does the work for us, you know, is, Ugh. is a disservice to him, but he, you know, if he isn't arch, he should be, I I'm, I'm not surprised. I, I don't know if the insurance companies are are going to feel the same way about him as they did.
1: Yeah. I mean, th- wow. think, I mean th- the way I view it is think, think of the alternative. Let's, let's imagine that the whole slap and everything never happened. And, and, um, you know, maybe he had words with first rock afterwards or whatever, um, right. A social media beef, whatever. Um. But let's say the, the, the ceremony went normally, he gets up, accepts King Richard, you know, thanks the tennis superstars does, does the whole thing. His, his uh, cachet would be through the roof. Everyone would be wanting to work with Will Smith on the next project. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is the complete polar opposite of his situation right now. I mean, it, like why would anyone want to, you know, get involved at least until this dies down?
2: And, you know, there are all these camps, uh, many, many people are defending him. And and I want to defend him, too, because we all love him and because uh, over a generation, he he put together this career uh, of family friendly uh, movies that uh, people uh, looked forward to seeing uh, from the time he was the Fresh Prince into his film career and that everybody was pulling for him. And to watch him uh, implode on the biggest night of his career, we want to undo it. We really, we, we wish, but we know um, Travis Hobson and Tim Gordon, and they host uh, an Oscar show at the Arlington Draft House. And I heard from Tim, and he said, as soon as that happened, as soon as the shout happened, the entire room went uh, went down, and the the energy of the entire room went down, and and I understand in the uh, Dolby Center uh, there was this weird "what the hell is going on" vibe for the rest of the show. I mean,
0: he he hijacked
2: the Oscars.
0: Well, the bartenders say that people stopped drinking, you know, after it. Right? I mean, it was the party. The party was over. <laughs> Uh, and um uh, and it really you know it, it's uh, it, it it really is uh, uh, sad, you know uh, and um it, I also you know, I'm sure you've heard uh, that there have been people i I'm, I'm thinking about um uh, a friend and, and professional acquaintance of mine, uh, Rob Epstein, who uh, was an Oscar winner for um, the Life and Times of Harvey Milk, you know, wrote to the LA Times today. Uh, saying he would like to take his vote back, you know, that he had voted for, for Will Smith and oh. would like to take his oh, vote man. back, uh, because oh. uh, he, what he demonstrated on, on, on stage was exactly the opposite of what he demonstrated in that movie and what he had voted for, you know, and, and I'm sure that Rob is not alone, nor is Rob a reactionary guy, you Ooh. know, um, and I, you know, and I also wonder, you know, if this will affect how people vote in the future in terms of Who's going to become a basket case on the night of the uh Oscars and, and screw this up for everyone?
1: Well, and just think think of the damage of yeah, like you're saying, of people of people that are that before that moment were thinking one completely one thing about Will Smith and then afterwards it's completely different. For instance. I was going to come on here and share a great story about my grandfather watching independence day. And, and the general saying to the fighter pilots, fire at will fire at will. And my grandfather stood, looked at the screen and said, no, don't fire at will. And It was a great, (laughs) it was a great funny story. Right. But now I just, I almost want to, you know, delete that post that was praising him from days before the Oscars. But like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like it's, it, it, it changes how, it colors everything that we look at with this. Um, well, but if yeah, I, I was just, in the uh,
2: studio for the finale of Fresh Prince, and they brought a big cake out, and Will is out there with the cake, and he starts grabbing handfuls of it and throwing it at the other actors, and there was a melee out there, and it was just so sweet and funny.
1: Yeah, on our previous That's podcast, my- Oliver, you were talking about how Will was such a genius campaigner for the Oscar and the most charming person. Like it's like it was sort of like the last person you would expect to do it.
0: Well, you know, and 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 that was that was honestly my first thought. I was like, oh, I guess the campaign is over, uh, right? right? Uh-huh. I, I mean, this is not this is not something that would have happened at an earlier awards show when voting was still open. Uh, and I and um, you know, as offensive as offensive as Chris Rock's joke might have been at the SAG Awards or some other before the Academy had finished the deadline. I don't think this would have happened. Right, uh, would, I, he have no,
1: would he have gotten up and done this, knowing, like, it almost, it almost felt like an air of, oh, I've got this in the bag. I, if I've the vote was really... in the
0: balance, I don't think he would have done it. Um, right. Which is a sad thing to say, but, you know, I, I do, I don't, I, I don't want to uh, defend his actions, but I, but I think I do, you know, having known the guy and spent a lot of time with the guy, I do want to defend the man. You know, uh, he, he's he's not like a disingenuous individual uh, who is who uh, appears one way and acts another, uh, you know, um, and he's also he is someone who has um, a genuine affinity towards every person in a room liking him. Right. Uh, and, and that's not and that sounds like a gross uh, quality, but it's not. It's a genuine desire to to reach out to people. Right. Jada is a different way. Jada is not that way. And they they balance each other in a really you know in a in a way that marriages that work do you know and of course there's been all this talk about aspects of their of their marriage and of their relationship yeah. but I can say that partnership is very real you know uh, that they that that they um that they really complement each other in a very real way it uh, is
2: odd you know he laughed at the joke and then uh, you see her kind of uh, of stone faced. And then the next thing you see is him walking up to uh, slap uh, Chris Rock. And I, uh, I think you can surmise that she said something to him off camera.
1: Wow, it must have been something. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And, and, and that's something we'll never know unless we were no, sitting next to them no. and, you know, and don't want to speculate on their marriage dynamic. There's plenty of that in the tabloids. Well, not even just the tabloids, on talk, on talk shows like actual national televised talk shows but um but yeah that but what arch is talking about I think is that what opens it up for people to say you know oh is, is is it a fake chivalry or is it a real chivalry I mean I think I think Oliver is getting at the heart of who who the man is I think those tears were real during his speech we were watching this raw breakdown right. of of real Oh my God, I messed up, but also making excuses at the same time. It was, it was, it was there. And you know what? We have no people haven't talked much about Chris Rock. I mean, we people. We um no. You know, d- despite you know, say what we want to say about whether the joke was appropriate. I mean, I, I mean, I, you know, some people might say he deserved to get slapped, but, um, but I, 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 I A, I don't think anyone should go on stage and slap anybody personally. I think Will really cross the line. But B, I think. Uh, joke aside i think chris rock in the aftermath handled it as professionally as you could he kind of laughed yeah. it off and said wow greatest night in history of television but like i he yeah. and he you he know could have reacted
2: charges
1: didn't yeah so, I mean, he, there could have been a brawl on stage is what i'm saying but i think he kind of held back
2: well okay, look i think enough about will smith i think the question now is uh what happens to his career and uh we won't know that for a while. So should we go over the awards very quickly? Uh, Oliver and I, I think, got a 100% because we went with Coda as best picture. I and think our that LA was and expert, I think that was
0: you and Jason. I'm not going to take Jason's uh, winning score. I mean, Jason uh, I, and I, I, Jason a, and I, 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 I wasn't got a 100%. So sure.
2: And Oliver, you went for power of the dog. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Sorry. Excuse me. Oh, well
0: yeah it got I, one it got one very important award, but only one.
2: Uh, I love Wanda Sykes line. you know, um I watched that movie three times, and I'm halfway through it, yeah,
0: despite the fact that it's half as long as most Marvel movies, but okay,
1: so uh how about
0: how about that coda jason
1: yeah, yeah we we were we've we've been touting that one all along, so it was it was pretty fulfilling to see it see it actually land that underdog upset and uh you know even though it even though it had won you know a couple of the through through the guilds you know writers producers sag that all really really only happened in like the last week or two mm-hmm. of the campaign i mean up until literally a week before the oscars no one would have even even the quote unquote experts would have, were not predicting that so uh yeah arch we 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 called it <laughs> we we beat them at their own game on that one but but i don't know like here we are guys we're a half hour in this podcast we would have we would have led with Coda in any other situation, but the Will. That's the sad thing about the Will Smith thing is that Coda took away from. I mean, this historic win of first predominantly deaf cast, first Sundance champ to go the distance, first streamer to win. Uh, you know, Apple bought it right out of Sundance and pr- it premiered it on, on a streaming device. That's a huge deal. That would right. be the headline any other year. Um, do we do? Do we think? Um, do we think that uh, there's this real aversion to to Netflix, and we kind of talked about it on the last podcast? But the idea the idea that Coda was this you know independently made movie that that premiered traditionally at a film fest and then got purchased for a streamer. Did, do you think that is? Do you think Netflix uh, is that why they didn't want to go for the Netflix original, or do you think it was the actual? product oliver do you think it was the actual power of the dog you know as as a piece of art slash entertainment that, that the academy I, I think
0: um i think netflix as a sort of um godzilla spending machine uh has a little bit of pushback you know uh and um so so they're sort of big money productions i think there's a little bit of resistance to them uh i don't think that uh that coda's journey as a festival film really you know, was the reason why people supported it. you know, I think that you know i i, I am not a i am not a coda hater uh, but uh, I, I I will say that the two screenplay wins for for coda and for um Belfast were i think two of the least challenging screenplays that were up there. you know, they were the most sort of straightforward in many in many respects structurally and in terms of you know, and I, I think that sometimes it's it's fun to to uh, uh, celebrate uh, more structurally challenging, especially uh, screenplays. But um, do I think that there's a Netflix resistance? Maybe a little bit. Uh, I think it's probably, it's not. if there is, it's not gonna last long. I mean, you know, if know, do have an awesome game.
2: That's, that's where the action is from now on. And I think that's what Dakota uh, Award means, uh, although it's Apple and Apple purchased the movie, but uh, they're both streaming hits. All the, You know, I understand only about a million people have watched Coda, as opposed to Dune, which was seen by you know how many millions and millions. Um, uh, Could do you think that uh, streaming is affecting content?
0: Well, you know, it would have been wonderful if a you know if there was a way for studios to make movies like Coda, you know, to make a ten million dollar movie. There used to be for most of our lives a studio system that supported films like that, right? Uh and there doesn't appear to be now. It appears to be super expensive things or super cheap things. We still don't have places in the middle. Uh and uh I hope that we get back to the middle at some point. And I hope that whoever finances, you know, whether it's independent or whether it's through the streaming, I hope that a win for Coda is a win for middle movies, right? Movies with middle budget. And you know, that's what I would like to see.
1: Yeah, what was Coda like? Ten million dollars, something yeah, like that. Yeah, it was a ten
0: million dollar movie.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, and Power of the Dog was like $35, thirty-five, forty million, something like that. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. The irony in this is is the the big Netflix Oscar contenders they keep putting up are you know the, you know Mudbound, Roma, Power of the Dog, Irishman, these Mank, these movies. Probably would look best on a giant screen. They're they're supporting these yeah. big, artfully directed, visually stunning, you know, mise en scène masterpieces, and uh, and and ironically, they're showing on a small screen and getting beat by Coda, which is kind of more made for it's a script acting movie more than mm-hmm. it's a directing movie, which is made more for the small screen. So it's weird that Apple sort of beat them at their own game when, but they're making these giant, you know, sprawling uh, picture pictures. But yeah, I think I think Coda, I think Coda, and, and I don't want to take away from from Sean Header. I think that's how you, you say her name. I think last podcast I said Cian and Header. I'm sorry. <laughs> Sean H- Header. Um there's there's a little directorial thing, you know, when she you know, at the final performance, rack focuses between the stage to the parents, and that's when the sound drops out. Um I don't know if entirely original. We saw it in Sound of Metal the previous year, but but yeah, she won adapted screenplay. It was very, very cool. I think it's a well-written mm-hmm. written script. I, I do Oliver, I, I totally hear everything you're saying about it not being as challenging. I mean it is, yeah, but I, but I but at the same time I I, I push I, I take exception when people say that it's just a Hallmark movie or a lifetime movie. It, it, I think I think it I think it's sort of Maybe the first half of the movie feels like that, but I think it it sort of subverts it and rises above it. Like I'd say, the last half or third of the movie for some really really touching stuff, but particularly oh. Kotzer and, and Amelia Jones on on the. Uh, a, the I, I think that's a yeah. profoundly
0: yeah. reductive way of looking at at, at a movie that <laughs> is uh, much more uh, significant than that, and and also. You know, we, we we talk about this movie in terms of um, representation in the deaf community. It's also a big deal for representation of just people who aren't rich, right? People mm-hmm, who right. work mm-hmm. boats and you know uh, live in Gloucester, Massachusetts. You know, and and work uh, you know jobs that have been that we forget about and have been done away with in a lot of ways. You know, so so I, I think it, it's representative in that way. That is uh, that is significant. Um, so so yeah, the the dismissive tone of Coda, uh, I, I think, is uh, is unnecessary and uh and i i hope that we hear less of it
1: yeah i, I really and and just uh one final thing to piggyback on that is i mean we've talked a lot about the streaming and the technology etc cetera, etc cetera, but in the end honestly i think we're burying the lead i think really what it came down to is it made people feel good um i i don't hmm. and and during a pandemic i i i i i that was one of the main reasons i ended up predicting it too was it was that you know just the feedback I heard from people was, "Oh, I, I, it was wonderful. It felt good. It felt good." But I just didn't all along trying to prognosticate this thing. I just didn't think the Academy would go with two heavy drama best pictures in a row during a pandemic. You know, last year's *Nomadland* was the was Hollywood saying, "Okay, we get your grief and your isolation. And this is our heavy picture. We can make prestige pictures about the heaviest issues in the world." And then this year, Hollywood was like, oh, but wait, uh, with Coda, you know, we, we also like to think of ourselves as being able to, you know, play your heartstrings and uplift you and, you know, we can give you a heart warmer. And so this, I, I just didn't think they would go back to back heavy dramas. And I think that's why Coda won.
2: Well, let me mention a couple of quick things. Uh, first, uh, one of the things that's overlooked is that Dune won six Oscars. Yeah. Any other yeah. year, a movie that won six Oscars, even if they're all technical, That's a big deal. And uh, that's kind of uh, swept under the rug. I felt sorry for Questlove who won uh, for Summer of Soul, which is so beloved. And he got up there after the big kerfuffle and I think was uh, thrown by what's going on.
0: But this is not about me. This is about marginalized people in Harlem that needed to heal from pain. And just know that in 2022, You know, this is not just a 1969 story about marginalized people in Harlem. This is a story of, 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 I'm sorry, I'm just overwhelmed right now. And uh, a final
2: topic about the Oscar show is what is the future of the Oscar show after this year? I mean, the the Oscars are getting a reputation as being nuts.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, the, I mean, I think we've all hated on the corporatization of it. um, The bastardization of it. Um, I mean, they, so they, they said on the plus side, they said ratings are up 56% from last year, but that's still the second lowest ever. And honestly it was probably yeah. mostly eyeballs tuning in of, oh, did you see what Will Smith mm. did to Chris Brock? I don't know. I don't, I, I hope, I hope the Academy doesn't take the wrong lesson from this and say, Oh, look, everything we did boosted the ratings because I really don't think it was that I, I, you know, you mentioned Arch, you mentioned Dune. I mean, that, in, in a, that, that was the highest grossing blockbuster of any of the nominees. And, and yet we're going to show most of its categories off the air an hour before and announce them on Twitter. Like, that, it, it, that, that's counterintuitive. And in any past year, like, for instance, Mad Max Fury Road won, won six as well early on. In, you know, yeah. it made this feel during the ceremony where, oh, wow, this, this you know, cool sci-fi uh-huh. blockbuster might win but none of that was there for for Dune this year because all of them most all of them were in the pre-telecast. So um I I to answer your question, I hope they don't take the wrong lesson from this. I hope they go back to celebrating the artists and the art rather than the 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 corporate packaging.
0: I, I hope they move the show to PBS. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or Turner Classic. Yeah. I mean uh you know, we just uh
2: Discovery Channel. It,
0: it's gotten <laughs> it, it's gotten um it's, uh, the, the chase for ratings—it's finally caught its tail. It, it sort of has has crashed itself in the process. You know, I, I think that um, movies are a craft, and it's the one night we get to recognize that. And we—and this this show completely and utterly lost sight of it. And if we don't have a massive correction, uh, we'll never we'll never get that conversation back. You know, critics Ooh. are supposed to hate uh, marketing, and we're supposed to hate uh, Academy Awards. You know, because uh, uh, and uh, but one way that the Academy Awards and critics agree is that craftspeople matter. Uh, yeah. And and last night, crafts or Sunday night, craftspeople did not matter, and uh, and and the craft of, of of making films was not was not what anyone cares about, and whatnot, well, not what anyone was talking about. And that that's heartbreaking for people who love the movies.
2: Speaking of craft, let's take a break for Hound Radio, and then when we we'll come back. We'll wrap up with some recommendations for the weekend. Thanks, Arch. Just wanted to share with you that Hound Radio has recently retrieved another family movie that I think you're going to enjoy. It's
1: called Sing 2. It's the animated film. It's about Buster Moon and his friends who persuade reclusive rock star Clay Calloway to join them for the opening of a new show. Guys, we're on right Now? Now? (gasps)
2: I need big shows, big ideas. Hey, I have a big one. Now you should know that the Hound Radio Prize Bowl is loaded up with copies of the Blu-ray DVD digital pack, and we'd like to send one to you. All you have to do is go by houndradio.com and register to win right there. Arch? Uh, Hey, uh, I watched Netflix, Jason, thanks to your catch, uh, and saw Windfall. And really liked it. And I would recommend that to anybody. Jesse Clements and uh, Lily Collins and uh, Jason Segel. And, you know, it's kind of a play, but man, uh, that, that's a Hitchcock movie for our time.
1: Yeah, I I would recommend that again, again, and, and it's I've gotten mixed mixed feedback on it. Uh, some people think it's too slow, but it, it was right it was right down my alley. So give it a shot. There there's also another new movie, and I haven't seen it yet. I'm hoping I can. This Oscar <laughs> stuff is taking up my time, but I'm hoping I can watch oh, this Friday. Uh, Rich, Richard Linklater, uh, you know who who we all know and love yeah, from Boyhood yeah, and Days and Confused, yeah. has a new animated movie coming out called Apollo Ten and a Half. And I I've watched oh, it. Oh, you yeah, saw it on I'm Netflix, not- right?
0: Uh, it's coming out this Friday. As soon as I get off with you guys, I'm gonna write my, uh, a review of it. It's quite uh, touching. Uh, so uh, I, I that was gonna be my pick for the week. So
1: Oliver, is it is it uh, you know a coming of age kids watching the the moon landing and and the astronauts or, or is it
0: both? It, it's a combination of a sort of um, dream hook where the where the kid uh, a um, is sent to the moon uh, himself and also memories of when he was 9 or 10 and and uh, and living in Houston in, in that time. We accidentally built the lunar module a little too small.
2: How'd that happen?
0: Listen, are you good at math? Yeah. Do you get a perfect 100 on every test? No. OK. We need a kid like you to test this accidentally smaller version on the lunar surface and soon. Stan, you're our only hope. OK. This is a covert operation. That means it does not exist. No one know about this not your parents not your brothers not your sisters no one so let a- me tell
2: everybody again oliver jones that you're on observer.com and we can read your review of apollo 10 and a half on that All right, now i gotta and write it jason you're on wtop and wt.com and uh lou Katz and i are here in the powder room
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's wonderful to be able to do this with you guys uh have a wonderful rest of your week
1: yes and uh listeners uh, you know use this time to to check out some of the nominees that you might not have seen you know i mean encanto's on there you west side story they're they're all still streaming and catch up with you know power the dog and some of the other ones that are that you can still watch do it and coda (laughs) (laughs) thank you guys (laughs) <laughs> See you
2: guys. Hey, thanks so much. I owe that
1: too. We'll be back next week on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks so much for listening. This is the Cats Podcasting System, where it's not just a podcast, but a pod
0: cats.